everybody. How are we doing? How are we living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese coming to you to preview week eight of the NFL season. Yesterday's episode, we had Tyler Furness on with us, and we've already called a trade. Uh, we all were in agreement that Seattle, if they want to make a deep push in the playoffs and make that true run at the Super Bowl, they need help with the pass rush. They do so by trading for Carlos Dunlap from the Cincinnati Bengals to add to their defensive line. Justin Treese, you called that one directly. Congratulations. But aside from that, and just being the amazing human being that you are, how are you today? Dude, doing well. I mean, that was a nice thing to kind of have my morning going, uh, seeing that. I, I text you. I was super excited. Just, you know, one for one already. The goal is always to get about four or five of these uh, a year. Last year we did that. 32. That would be unbelievable. Uh, Jets fans, get ready for Michael Thomas then, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Miami, get ready for Nick Chubb. Um, but really, though, I'm pumped to be on recording with you again. Back-to-back days, it doesn't happen very often for us. So um, pretty excited and really excited to dive into Week 8 games. There's actually a lot of games that the spreads are very interesting, and I'm excited to see uh, how it all plays out. Uh, let's just get into kind of the you know, meat and potatoes of the episode, which is that, but let's talk about records. So kind of a rough week for you. You can recover though, but a rough week for you. I, and we were tied in player prop bets. I got you by a few. So, uh, I'm now 21, 20, 21 and 20. You're 19 and 22. So two games, but you caught up, you know, you've caught up before and then spread, uh, 58, 42 and three, and then you are 55, 45, and three. I'm actually super upset because last uh, when we were doing this last time, I said during the Browns game, I said, I actually kind of want to pick the tie here. And I said, I could see them being the Browns only winning by three. And they did only win by three. So that's how we, that's why we have another tie this week. Would have been an amazing call on my part. Uh, but no way I could do that. Also would have been a heartbreaker for anybody else um, because – the Browns missed the extra point to go up by four with like nope. less than two minutes left or something like that. That's that's a bad beat for any better that took uh, <laughs> plus uh, or the minus 3.5 for the Browns. It was in my dumbass. Uh, decided to pick the Broncos in that spread, forgetting just how good that Kansas City Chiefs defense is. I just thought Denver would come in with Drew Locke and just played a little tougher, you know, a little closer than it normally would be. Nope, 10 straight wins for the Chiefs against the Broncos. I'm done picking against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Holy shit, I am literally just now seeing their spread for this week, and there's no way that's real. It is real, dude. It's there's like the no third, way. It's the third, I think, third highest spread in the last, like, 20 years. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we just start with that game first, then? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the Jets are coming to Kansas City, and the Chiefs are favored by 19 and a half. Let me, let me say that like without laughing. 19 and a half are what the Kansas City Chiefs are favored. That is absolutely ridiculous, and I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I swear to God, if Sam Darnold and Denzel Mims come out and have a hell of a game, I'm going to be pissed, but I also think Le'Veon Bell is going to get a huge workload here. Andy Reid's going to let him just have a day to eat. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, enjoy the day off, man. Just go get yourself some barbecue. Just just rest. Just put your feet up. 
and relax. I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Kansas City. If it's anything like it is today uh, in the state of Missouri, it's just it's not going to be a fun game. It's not going to be a dry game. And matter of fact, on Sunday, it's going to be 50 degrees and sunny with a low of 28. That is going to be magical. I live in Missouri if we do have some new listeners uh, that kind of decided to come join us after of yesterday's episode on predicting some trades. I'm in Missouri. Treese is in the middle of nowhere, Utah in the mountains. Um, I say in the middle of nowhere, it turned into like a joke of me just making fun of him. And now I'm just jealous every time I see a picture. Uh, Treese, you're living the life, dude. But within this game, are you taking the Chiefs or the Jets? Um, so, first off, yeah, thanks for uh, making fun of me. I, I've now like, kind of eaten into it and I like, try to make jokes about how nobody should ever come here either. Uh, but so it is the third highest spread and the highest spread, which I already knew was in 2013 when it was the Broncos versus the Jaguars. I already knew that because it was a 28 point spread. Uh, Jags did cover. Let me say that Jags did cover. They only lost by 18, I think. Um, and then the next largest spread is with the Jets as well in 2017 against the Patriots when they were 20.5 point favorites. So this one almost almost took over second largest. Um, dude, losing by 20 is just so hard. It's just so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, the Chiefs are going to bench everybody in the fourth quarter, and then the, Dol- or the Dolphins, the Jets are probably going to score a touchdown at, at the end of the game and maybe get it. But you want to know what? I don't want to take the Chiefs as well. I kind of do. Well, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to take the Jets to cover the 19.5 spread. All right, that's fair. Can't argue with you there. Let's get into our next game. Though the Atlanta Falcons are traveling to Carolina, where the Panthers are favored by two and a half. These guys just played a couple weeks ago. The Panthers came out victorious. I think they're going to do the same thing here, favored by two and a half. They get them at home. Christian McCaffrey is returning as well, I believe. So, yeah, I am rolling with the Carolina Panthers. I actually will be surprised, (coughs) excuse me, if CMC plays. I know he started practicing, but I think that they are going to say, we can beat the the Falcons without him. So, like, let's give him one more uh, week's worth of rest. So, I kind of think that he gets practice time, but doesn't actually come back till next week. But either way, oh, man, the Falcons just like they're just so inconsistent. They they helped me out a couple weeks ago. Both picked against them last week, and that was right. Two and a half points. Basically, do the Panthers win? This is really tough for me, to be honest. I kind of want like my gut is telling me the Falcons. Nah, I'll take the Panthers. So we'll 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 have the same there. I'll take the Panthers. Um, I think I think Teddy just finds a way to pick apart uh, the Falcons' defense, and I think that guys like Brian Burns can have a big game against this, against this offensive line. And I think that's fair. I think you're exactly right too. The Panthers at defense, it's young, but man, they're they're not bad. There's plenty of speed. They still need to get some experience. But I'm excited about the Panthers' future. Uh, especially if Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater can just not turn the ball over and be the guy for him. Next game, the New England Patriots are traveling upstate New York to Buffalo to face the Bills, where they are favored by three and a half. The Buffalo Bills are favored by three and a half. 
Josh Allen and the Bills, they won last week without scoring a touchdown against the New York Jets. Um, they did have a touchdown, but apparently it got called back because I could have swore I saw it. And then there turned out to be no touchdown. They won on field goals strictly. I expect them to come out and have a big game here against the Patriots. I don't know who is starting quarterback for New England. Um, but I don't think it matters here with the Bills because three straight weeks of just kind of disappointing play, and out of those three weeks, you have two losses. Put everything together. You have a division game here. You're back at home. Make it happen against New England and just leave with at least a touchdown-type victory. I also am taking the Bills. Um, I'm assuming Cam's going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, this is kind of like the last chance for him, but he's looked pretty bad. Their offensive weapons, just they're just not cutting it. Um, I think that this game, a Bills win, is basically the funeral for the Patriots run that they've yep. had. You Patriots, you lose this game, you'll be four games back of the Bills with, what, eight or nine to go? You're not coming mm-hmm. back from that. So um, I'm not saying the Dolphins don't make some sort of run at the Bills or something, but the the reign of the Patriots is over if they lose this game. And yeah. I'm all here for it. Let's watch it. I think you're exactly right. And you mentioned Cam just struggling. Um, he's back to having to put his entire body into his throws to get the ball downfield. And, you know, at the start of the season, it was it looked like a clean motion of, like, he's just standing back there zipping the ball. And now it's just, like, everything's being jerked forward. And in that process, it's just – it's inaccurate passes. The the oomph in the pass is not there either. You, you hate to say it for Cam – excuse me, you hate to see it for Cam Newton, but that's kind of the reason why a lot of teams passed up on him. And – in the running aspect of the game, it's good. But if the Patriots are down, they can't continue to run the ball. And that's been their problem. Uh, the Tennessee Titans at Cincinnati to face the Bengals. The Titans are favored by five and a half on the road. And I'm actually going to take this game. Um, they lost a heartbreaker against Pittsburgh at home um, due to a missed field goal to at least tie it at the end of regulation. They're going to play a lot of close games. It's just their style of play. They're going to ground and pound. And then when it comes time for Ryan Tannehill to make something happen, he's going to do it. Like, we've seen him do it time and time again since starting last year when he took over and led him to the AFC Championship game. And it's just I love the matchup of Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill together as a quarterback running back duo. You brought up A.J. Brown being a better receiver than D.K. Metcalf yesterday. Some people might say you're crazy. I think you're right, though. Like, D.K. is a run down the field running in and out routes he's not he's not a precise route runner that's why he dropped in the in the draft because his three cone was just awful but his 40 was fast that's what seattle wants him to do that's great aj brown with the titans though it's like hey get open like find some separation like you're more he's a more pure receiver and you love that so i absolutely agree with you trees um the Titans being favored by five and a half, I'm going to take it. I think they get at least a touchdown victory here. I know the Bengals lost a heartbreaker to the Browns last week in Cleveland. But within that, I just think the Titans are too much to handle for the Bengals on offensive line. Isn't going to protect Joe Burrow. So I feel bad for Joey B already. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I was just about to say, I love this Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry combo. I mean, so A.J. Brown has been back for three games after missing a few games. He has 18 catches for a 290 yards and five touchdowns. 
four touchdowns, sorry, four touchdowns. Like, that's an unbelievable three-game stretch. And yeah. he's the only real wide receiver weapon on this team. And he still finds a way to get open, makes huge plays. Whoa. Don't forget about my guy. Yeah, no, let's not. Let's, sorry, I shouldn't disrespect Corey Davis. Um, you're welcome. Um, but uh, let's see. Joey Burrow, you're right. Been balling. I think he has five straight games of over 300 yards. Pretty impressive. And... Uh, I love what the wide receivers are doing. Actually, what I love is two of my favorite wide receivers are in this game, T. Higgins and A.J. Brown. Like, they're awesome. Two young studs, yeah. Two young studs. Uh, So, super excited to watch this. Probably no Joe Mixon again. So, I think that that's going to hurt the Bengals. I think that this offense just isn't the same without him. Uh, Even if people want to make fun of, like, he's only getting, like, three yards of carry, not doing anything. One way, it's keeping teams honest, though. It really is, and it's giving Joe Burrow this outlet. Um, And it's something Gio Bernard just can't do. He can't be an every-down back. So I am also going to take the Titans to cover this five-and-a-half points break. I think you're exactly right, and you bring up the fact that Joe Mixon might not be playing. Giovanni Bernard, in terms of fantasy, is a guy to play because last week he got 20 points. I'll take it. Like, I benched Clyde Edwards-Alaire last week in fantasy and started uh, Williams with Green Bay and Giovanni Bernard with the Bengals. They got more points than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So, if you're you're looking for some fantasy advice, those are some guys to look at because I don't know if Aaron Jones is coming back this week either. It sounds like he's going to, but um, yes. But for sure. So, uh, moving on. We have the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Cleveland is two and a half point favorites. You want to go first? I mean, I don't know who to take. Like, really. Like, the Browns don't have Odell Beckham Jr. The Raiders have looked a little sloppy. Baker Mayfield, everyone's trying to think or say, like, oh, he's back. He's good again. There was a reason he was drafted number one. Bro, you played Cincinnati. You're about to play the Raiders who have at least a pass rush. They have some guys there. They have somewhat of uh, some guys in the secondary that's better than Cincinnati. I'm taking the Raiders, not necessarily to steamroll them, but I'm picking the Raiders to win. I just think Baker's going to get super cocky here. They're going to realize, ooh, not having Odell Beckham Jr. does like is going to be tough for this offense, and I just don't think they're going to be able to get it done. Uh, I also am taking the Raiders this game. I just I love when a team struggles one game. And it feels like they just got out of their game plan too early in the game. And that's what happened with Josh Jacobs. He ended up with 10 carries, only 10 carries, and like 17 or 18 rushing yards last week. And I think that they come in and they go, okay, we are going to feed Josh Jacobs over and over and over again. And then we are going to find Waller um, crossing the field. And then they will find ways to get Henry Ruggs the ball, which they also didn't do. I think he only had two catches last week as well. And uh, we talked about it in the last episode. Safeties for the Browns are really bad. And you don't you can't have bad safeties when you're facing speedsters like Henry Ruggs or even a downhill runner like Josh Jacobs. If you're coming into the box and you're missing tackles, that's a problem. So uh, I think, and I'm, I'm with you. I actually think this is a very, very close game. But us taking the Raiders just means they just lose by two points or better. I, I do think they end up winning this game straight up. But uh, yeah, so... That's where we're at on that one. Colts versus Lions. The Colts, coming off of a bye, are three-point favorites on the road in Detroit. Uh, This one's a big one. So I'm looking at the Lions' schedule, and they legit can win 
four out of five games. And this is this is the toughest one out of all of them. If the Lions could find a way to win this, go on that three-game winning streak and going into November with the easy part of their schedule coming in, their, their easy month, man, they could all of a sudden get to seven wins heading into you know middle of December where it's like, holy shit, this team's in it. Uh, but the Colts, like we talked about as well, Colts are also one game out of a division lead and coming off of a bye. Uh, you you got to love to see that for uh, any Indianapolis fan. So I think that the Colts are getting healthy. Uh, Darius Leonard's going to be coming back, so on and so forth. I know that uh, Pittman's trying to come back from his injury as well. I think this is going to be a really good game. Uh, but I will take the Colts to, man, three points, though. I just think that Xavier Rhodes is actually having a pretty good year, and I think that he can try to slow down Kenny Galladay, and I just want to see what the Lions do when they don't have Kenny Galladay getting open all the time. I think that's that's the big thing, and I think that uh, Leonard, uh, Darius Leonard can probably slow down TJ Hawkinson. I'm going to take the Colts. I'm talking to myself. Right is, uh, Leonard's back, right? He's back from his injury. I believe he's coming back, right? Yes. Okay. I think you're getting ready to check that up right now, which would be awesome. Um, and then you mentioned, like, can the Colts prevent Kenny Galladay from getting open? I can tell you right now, he wasn't very open last week either. Matthew Stafford's just going to zing that son of a bitch in there, and Kenny is going to find a way to come down with it. Because I think the last three catches that he had in that last drive were all contested, and he came down with all of them. So the dude is criminally underrated. I tweeted it earlier in the week. It's just they got to figure something out. And I love how you brought that up with the Lions that, like, hey, you look at the rest of their schedule, there's a possibility they find a way to put it together, and they upset some teams later on in the year because they get Tampa Bay late too. There's a possibility they come in and just kind of shock them because Tampa Bay gets Kansas City late in the year too in December. There's a possibility that Tampa's looking at the end of the year like, ooh, uh, this isn't going to be a cakewalk like we thought it was, even with all this talent, because some of these teams are going to be prepared to play for them and kind of see where they're at, even with the addition of Antonio Brown. But with this game here, though, it's just I look at the Colts, and I look at Phillip Rivers, and he's in a groove, and he has time, and the Lions don't have a pass rush. And I think Phillip Rivers is just going to be more comfortable here than Matthew Stafford is against that Colts defense. So I'm going to have to take the Colts as well, dude. Yeah, I don't blame you there. I think we're thinking the same thing. But uh, since we've talked about the Lions schedule, let me read it off to you. They play against the Colts. That's their tough one. Then they play against the Vikings, who clearly are not a good team. Then they play against Washington. Then they play against the Panthers, who are better, but I still think they can win that game. And then they're playing the Texans, who are not a very good team. That's their next four games. Oh, and then they play the Bears. Um, so that's five games that they can, again, they can win four of those. But then they go into that hard schedule where it's Packers, Titans, Bucks. Like, that's a hard three games, and they end on the Vikings again. So I think they really do need to win four out of five here if they want a real shot at the playoffs. And there's a possibility that they make it happen, and that's going to be exciting for Detroit uh, because people were ready to just move on from Matt Patricia uh, very quickly on this year. And I was like, hey, I try telling people, I was like, I think they're close. You got to give the guy some time. You want the Patriot way. You're not going to get it overnight. You're not going to get it in three years, four years. It's going to take a little bit. You got to rebuild. Hopefully, we're seeing it right now. The Minnesota Vikings are traveling to face Green Bay. The Packers are favored by six and a half. Uh, I'll tell you right now, Packers are coming out big. Six and a half spread. 
I'm say they win by two touchdowns. There's just you look at the, the Vikings. They're not excited to play football. Davin Cook's coming back. Don't matter. It's they're gonna the, the Packers are gonna be fine. <laughs> Excuse me. Vikings don't stand a chance. I also agree with you. They don't have a chance. So they've won. I don't know how many times in a row. I know they've <clears throat> they dominated last year two in two games, and then they dominated earlier in the year in week one. And yeah, I think that this team is. I think the Packers are just clicking on all cylinders. I mean, again, they had that rough loss two weeks ago against the Bucks, but I think that was just a weird, hey, two picks, one of them being a pick six, one return to the, like the two-yard line that throws everything off, and they just couldn't recover from that. Uh, but they recovered nicely last week, and that's without Aaron Jones. And again, I think Aaron Jones is back. Uh, Daniel Hunter uh, just got reported today that he had neck surgery, so he's out for the year. Makes me question even more, why did they trade Yannick Ngakwe? Um, I mean, if you knew you were going to sign him long-term, I guess you got the value out of him. They traded a second and fifth for him to Jacksonville for him, and then they traded, they got a third and a fifth back. So uh, pretty good value there if you knew you were going to re-sign him, so, but still, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like You had Hunter and Yannick on those edges. like You were set for years if you would have just kept that together. So interesting there. Um, let's it, move on. Sorry, go ahead. It is sorry. It's just it's confusing on what the Vikings are wanting to do and what their future is going to be. Like, I mean, you just brought it up. You traded for Yannick Ngakwe, then you trade him away. Daniel Hunter, you just mentioned, dude's getting neck surgery. Like, what? Are the, what? What's going on here? Like, what's what's your future? Do you have defensive ends that you plan on, or are you just like, oh, we're going to blow this thing up? We got a good rookie receiver. We just paid Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins isn't it? Defense is kind of old. Let's move on. Confusing. Exactly. It is Sorry, confusing. I, I know I just kind of left that open ended, but it is. It's just something to think about with the Vikings on like what are they doing and kind of what's the future there. Like, is Zimmer still going to be the head coach next year? Who knows? Like that's it. You look at the Minnesota Vikings right now, and it's just a giant question mark for me. Uh, but let us get into our next game: the Los Angeles Rams making the way over East Coast, South Beach, taking their talents to South Beach to face the Dolphins. Tua Tungavailoa is getting his NFL start. I want to say debut, but we saw it a couple weeks ago. Uh, but he is getting his first start. The Rams are favored by three and a half. People might be worried for Tua facing the Los Angeles Rams. Trees, we talked about it last week. Hey, at some point, you're just going to have to face like a workhorse in the Rams. Like, at some point, you're going to have to face a really good team, a really good defense. You might as well start off with it. Sink or swim. Let's see what you can do to <laughs> get it. Dolphins. Ha ha. Um, I am taking the Rams to win this game. I am interested to see how the Dolphins look, though, with Tua at the helm. But right now, that Rams defense is good. I like the way they're playing. That offense is aggressive. It's hard to pick against the Rams right now. It's way difficult, and I'm not taking Tua. I got to I gotta see what this offense is going to be uh, with him. And, hey, he may, he may surprise people. They may put a wrinkle in the offense that uh, catches them off guard. But, I mean, Ramsey's playing at probably the highest level he's ever played in his career right now. Ramsey's playing fantastic, showing why he was worth the money. And so he's going to be shutting down Devontae Parker. And then <clears throat> I think that these guys, they have two safeties that are Johnson and Rapp that are awesome that can slow down Gieski if he ends up playing or whatever tight end they've been playing. So then it turns into really – it turns into, can Preston Williams beat you? And I just don't think that Preston Williams can beat 
a team with the firepower that the Dol- or that the Rams have. So uh, as boring as it is, I know we out of the we're done halfway done with these games, and the only difference is you took the Chiefs and I just took the Jets. Not to lose by twenty, Adam Gase. Just don't lose by nineteen. It's fine. Just don't lose by twenty. Who are you talking about? Like you know who you're talking about. I know who I'm talking, talking about. Talking about crazy eyes. I just had to get some glasses because my eyes are hurting. I can't imagine what his feel like. Uh, our next game here, the Pittsburgh Steelers making their way over to Baltimore. I wish they would flex this game into prime time because I don't want to watch the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night. I would much rather watch these guys, but I also don't think CBS is going to give up this type of game if it's on their network. So, Steelers going to Baltimore. The Ravens are surprisingly to me are favored by three and a half. I know usually the home team gets like a three point favorite, um, at least swing here, but I'm taking the Steelers, dude, the way that they've been playing, the, the way this team is just absolutely completed. Like every, you look everywhere. It's like, yep. Good, 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 eh, good, 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 good. All the way across the board. The offense, I said it in my NFL power rankings article, uh, this week was like, this is a true pick your poison offense on, which receiver are you going to get beat by today? And you look at the Ravens' defense, they haven't been that great. You look at the offense, they struggle when they're down in games. Like, they struggle when it's look, when they have to look at Lamar Jackson and go, hey, lead us back to victory. The Steelers have experience against Lamar Jackson, especially last year being beat up, and they still played him decently close. So I am taking the Steelers here to get a win in Baltimore, just like the Kansas City Chiefs did. There we go. Now we got a difference. Uh, I am taking the Ravens coming off of the bye. I think Mark Ingram doesn't play, and I think we awaken the beast that is J.K. Dobbins. I think that he comes in, and he goes, oh, you guys are missing your middle linebacker? Okay, cool, let's do this. Uh, And I think that that bye week was perfect. I think that... I think Lamar Jackson needed it. I think Marquise Brown needed it, and I think they're ready to go. Uh, you you also add in Yanni Kangakwe to that defense now. Uh, can he I just play? think, he, yeah, he can play. So, I don't know if he could, like with protocols and stuff. Yep, he can. So you have to be in the facility for four days. Fudge. So, um, yes, he. Yep, just in time. So uh, I'm taking the Ravens to cover that three-and-a-half-point spread. I'm with you. Wish this game wasn't – I just really wish it wasn't the 11 o'clock game. Is more. I mean, it's 11 o'clock my time. Like I said, they're noon your time, right? Yeah. Uh, Dang, the morning I never games. thought of it. Like, wait, so on the West Coast, NFL starts at like 10 a.m.? Yeah, it's awesome. So they wake up and football's just on. Yeah. Yep. Wow. West That's Coast usually is what I've been great. That's when I've been waking up lately because I've been getting just sloppy on Saturdays. <laughs> I mean, I have just been getting <clears throat> fucked up on Saturdays and then rolling into Sunday like, oof, I'm just going to be a freaking like potato. I'm just going to sink into this couch and I'm just going to be here. Um, I love it, though. I'm glad we do have a difference here. I still think the Steelers come out with the W. But – you think the Ravens are coming out with a W? We'll leave it at that. I'll at least let you get the last thought there. Uh, the Los Angeles, blah, 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 blah. the Los Angeles Chargers, and possible Rookie of the Year Justin Herbert, travel to Denver to face the Broncos, where the Chargers are favored by three here. I totally get it. No offense, banging up with an injury, that ankle's really bothering him. We saw it last week at the end of the game with against the Kansas City Chiefs. Drew Locke is struggling. Um. I don't even know if really we can say Drew Locke is the one that's struggling. It's just 
there's nothing there around him to really rely on with Fant being out as well as Cortland Sutton with the ACL injury. The defense still sacked the Chiefs four times. Three of those were to Patrick Mahomes. And you just look at this Broncos defense, it's like, are they really missing Vaughn Miller that much? Like, of course you are because Vaughn Miller makes a difference. But I look at the way the Chargers are throwing the ball down the field, uh, how well this offense is still running with Joshua Kelly being the main running back, catching the ball out of the backfield, even in the middle as just a dump off for Justin Herbert and making things happen. But Herbert really has some weapons with Henry, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. That dude just has to throw the ball up, and he's you know 75% confident that his receivers are coming down with it. Uh, 75% chance, I should say, 100% confidence 100% of the time. Um, I'm taking the Chargers to win this game in Denver, and that's back-to-back losses for the Broncos at home. Yeah, I also am taking the Chargers. I think that this is where Justin Herbert gets even more confidence, which is scary. Uh, The last thing that the NFL wants is Justin Herbert getting his confidence and then Austin Eckler coming back. Uh, I think it's probably too late. I mean, maybe not because there's seven teams that make the playoffs this year, So, but I kind of still think it's a little too late for them this year. But... I mean, there's still a chance, but I think that this offense is just so exciting. Keenan Allen looks like a stud right now. Mike Williams, they love throwing the ball deep to him. Uh, Reed has had, they've been doing some jet sweeps with Reed. He had a touchdown last week. Uh, And then Justin Jackson's looking pretty good. They're still playing Kelly quite a bit. Still not really sold on why they're doing that. I mean, I guess to try to just keep the two-back system going on, but... Uh, I would not be surprised once Eckler comes back if it's an Eckler and Justin Jackson show and Kelly kind of hits the bench a little bit. So, And then Ingram, Melvin Ingram, came back last week. Didn't play a ton, but did get some time in against the Jags. And I think now is where that duo of Bosa and Ingram are going to really start to shine. Perfect. Um, I know we're in the middle of a podcast, but I just got a text message from my mother that said, did you ever feel like there was a ghost in the house? I hate spooky shit, man. And we talked about it all day on radio, and it's just been like the topic of conversation all week, and now I have to receive that text message. Fuck October. (laughs) Like, fuck this week. Fuck this weekend. Damn it. It's going to be all right, dude. It's going to be I don't know. I just, I don't do good with spooky stuff, and now I live alone. Uh, You know, Patrick Mahomes signs a half a billion dollar contract. I get a one-bedroom apartment leased in my name, So and I hear noises all the time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't understand what the Patrick Mahomes thing had to do with anything in that story. <laughs> We're the same age. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I, I was just like, specified that. I'm I was sorry. just like, oh, interesting. You're just talking about spooky cool. stuff. You like, yeah, I'm so scared. talk about the Chiefs. God. Yeah, seriously. So scared of ghosts and goblins, and but Patrick Mahomes... <laughs> half a billionaire but anyways yeah have you ever seen a vampire i just oh man i love it dude. oh fuck me uh speaking of scary the chicago bears they get the saints at home and the saints are still favored by four what we thought this team was gonna be uh didn't look so hot last week in primetime on monday night now they have the saints coming into town And the Saints have Michael Thomas in here. The Bears' defense, though, wasn't the problem last week. It was the offense. That play calling was bad. I don't know why Cordell Patterson's even still at running back. Get him off the field. Like, literally just let him be a kick returner, punt returner. That's it. Because I don't like the way he plays football as a running back. Like, he's he's not a running back. And then you look at David Montgomery. Tell him to stop dancing. 
plant your foot, lower your shoulder, and get into the hole and try and find a way through it because that's when you're at your best. Stop the dancing around. You're not LaShawn McCoy. Your name is David Montgomery. You went to Iowa State and play like it. Act like it. Be it. Saints win this, though. So it's going to be interesting because Michael Thomas didn't practice again today. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I think, has already been ruled out. And so that's minus two guys there, which they went with that last week. So the Saints are going to be fine. Uh, Allen Robinson in uh, concussion protocol. I think he'll be fine, but he is in concussion protocol. So, I mean, this offense is screwed if Allen Robinson isn't playing. Uh, And just because of that risk, because we're making the calls now and not on Sunday, uh, I have to take the Saints just because – I've been burned before on thinking a player's going to play, and then they don't here. So, uh, Saints come out with another win. I will say it's going to be interesting because this defense of the Bears lines up pretty nicely with the way the Saints play offense. So, uh, I actually could see this being a closer game than what some people think. I mean, I don't think you're wrong to say that at all. I'm going to leave it at that because I know you like being told you're right, and I'm not going to give you any praise. <laughs> so, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, another big division game here for the NFC West. There's been a lot of them the last three weeks, uh, and we get another one right here. 49ers again traveling to Seattle where the Seahawks are favored by three at home, and I'm taking Seattle. There's no way that Russell Wilson is happy with the way he played last week. Three interceptions um, is nearly unheard of with him um, in this team especially with how well they were winning or playing that whole game. It felt like like it just felt like Seattle was kind of making a, you know, making some mistakes in the game, but it never felt like they were going to lose it. And then all of a sudden it's just like, pfft, here's Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals in overtime. You're throwing an interception on a miss, you know, miscommunication. Then you lose. I think Seattle comes in. I like the way the 49ers are playing, but they're dealing with injuries again. Debo Samuel is out. I'm talking really fast, and I apologize. But the 49ers missing Debo Samuel um, I think is going to affect this offense more. I know Brandon Ayuk can kind of play a similar role. But in terms of fantasy, I agree. In this game, I don't think it makes enough of a difference. And you just switched your pick, you son of a gun. You convinced me. So what I was, I had the Niners, but I still was going to have the Seahawks winning the game. I was just maybe not by three, like a one or two point game. But you're right about Debo. That uh, that does change things. Uh, we talked about fantasy guys. One of who the fantasy guys that everybody needs to pick up, Jamichael Hasty. He is going to be go off running this week back for the Niners. Yeah. So um, what happened to Wilson? I never heard the official. Sprained ankle, high ankle sprain, got put on IR yesterday. Okay, there it is. Boom. Yep. Who's the fantasy pickup? Say it one more time in case people missed it. Jamichael Hasty, H A S T Y. Jamichael Hasty, there it is. Just kidding. So, Hastly. um, I don't know. Maybe it is Hasty. Hasty Hasty. I think it's Hasty I have though. No idea. Um, super excited about this game. So excited about this and so not excited for Sunday night that I don't know if you noticed, but our player prop bets, I made it for this game and not the Sunday night game. I because definitely did. <laughs> nobody wants to hear about player prop bets of this Sunday night game, which is the Cowboys at the Eagles. Eagles are seven and a half point favorites. And we talked about this last episode. Look out. Are the Eagles getting healthy? Question mark. Ooh, 
Dallas Goddard's um, coming back or was taken off da- the IR? Ooh. Dallas Goddard coming back. Uh, Rager coming back. Jason Peters is back. They sound like sounds like Lane Johnson's going to be back next week. Man, you might want to look out. There might be. Philadelphia's back, baby. <laughs> I think the Eagles are about to run away with this division. I think you're exactly right. I just wish Carson Wentz would top it off with a top five MVP candidacy. I know, Trees, you say that's not a real thing. God damn it, just let it be. I already lost the bet, so it doesn't matter. I'm taking the Eagles here to win big. The Dallas Cowboys, I don't even know how to say their quarterback's last name. That It doesn't matter. Ezekiel Elliott is not playing like Ezekiel Elliott. This defense is just atrocious for the boys in Dallas. The Eagles get an easy win. They're here at home. I'm not even going to say easy. I just think the Eagles absolutely dominate in every facet of the game, and they just beat up on the Cowboys. And it's going to be kind of nice to see that um, for the Eagles because the Cowboys sometimes are just overbearing. And I had a lot of hope and optimism for them this season. Everything's just falling off the rails. It's just not your year. You're going to get punched in the mouth, and I don't know if you have enough energy to punch him back. Taking the Eagles. I also am taking the Eagles. I mean, I just said that they're, they're running away with this division these next couple of weeks. So it obviously starts now. Uh, Cowboys, I could see them. If they if they get blown out, they're going to start selling some of their DBs, I think. I think they start selling that defense even more. Who, the Cowboys? Yeah. I think they just start trading a whole bunch of pieces on Monday and Tuesday if they lose on Sunday. So, so next – so the start of week nine – no, when's the trade deadline at exactly? Tuesday. November 3rd, the day. That's right. Voting, yes, okay. voting day, people. Please vote. Yes, go vote. No matter no matter who it is, just go vote. It's your civil duty. Go vote. Correct. There it is. So. Last game here, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Boy, they're looking good. They're going to face the New York slash New Jersey football giants where Tampa's favored by 10 and a half. The Giants haven't been looking bad the last couple weeks. They've actually been playing some close games. Lost some heartbreakers. Danny, Danny Dimes Jones, Danger Zone, how, whatever his nickname was. It doesn't matter anymore. It just didn't pan out. Daniel Jones tripping on an 80-yard run. Going to do the same thing here against Tampa. Tampa's coming in with that high-powered offense and that physical defense. And they're going to come in, and they're going to slay the Giants like David himself. Because Goliath, Giants, David, and Goliath, you get it. A little biblical story for you people. Hope you're laughing on the other end of this. Bucks win big. I also think the Bucks win big. Uh, I really wanted to take the Giants there, but I just have no faith in them. And we didn't. We never really talked about that run from Daniel Jones. I was a little intoxicated during that game and watching <laughs> that game, and I literally was laughing for. A solid like thirty minutes straight on that, and I just couldn't stop. It was amazing to watch. So uh, I also am going to take the Bucks there, though. And I mean, ten ten and a half is a lot. It is a lot, but we're going to take it. We're going to see what happens there. So let's go on to our player prop bets. Like I said, we're not going to do Sunday night this week just because it's such a bad game. I decided. Well, you know what? I also don't want to do an eleven o'clock game or morning game for people. Let's just do one of the afternoon games. Here we and also I thought maybe I'll just we'll just do Monday night this week. Nope, Bucks versus Giants. No one wants a part of that. So we're gonna do the, one of the afternoon games: Niners versus Seahawks. Austin, Jimmy G, 
287 passing yards. Over or under? Under. I'm going to take smashing the under here. I am smashing the over here. What? What? Yeah. Let's. I mean, explain, please. I'm listening. Seattle's defense is playing really bad right now. They're allowing they're allowing yards all over the place, and I I think that they once the Niners get into the red zone, they'll get slowed down. But I think that the Niners will have a lot of yards in this game. Well, damn. Now you got me thinking about it. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Jamichael Hasty, Hasty, however you want to say it, fifty six rushing yards. I'm gonna take the over. The way that the 49ers like to run the ball, um, it's just the way it's it's schemed for them and the way their offense runs around it. So I have to take him, and there's no scouting report on this guy. People don't know who he is, how he plays. I'm taking Hasty Hasty to go over 56 rushing yards. I also am taking the over. He's had that over the last two games, and he's only had about eight, seven to eight carries a game the last two games, and he's been getting that. So, yeah, give me the over as well. George Kittle, number one option with no Debo there. He's the number one option even if Debo is there. But even more so now, 91 receiving yards. Taking the over here, they got to pass to somebody. And usually that somebody is George Kittle. His ability to run and gain yards after the catch uh, what is what makes him so good. And against this defense, he's not scared to be physical with him after the catch too. Uh, so that's why I'm taking the over. Yeah. And no Jamal Adams again to slow him down even at the line. Jamal Adams isn't the best guy in coverage, but at least he could have probably slowed him down a little bit off of the line of scrimmage. That's not happening either. I also am taking the over. Over to the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, 289 passing yards. Over. Dude's just going to destroy him through the air with no interceptions. I also am taking the over. I'm starting to feel like you, taking the over on everything. Um, <clears throat> this one's going to be tough. So I have Carlos Hyde here at 47 rushing yards. Uh, about an hour before this podcast started, there was a report that Carson, Chris Carson saying, I still have a chance at playing. Don't rule me out yet. So Taking the under, th- then. <laughs> you're taking the under. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear. Um. I'm going to take the over. I think that there's a chance that he doesn't he doesn't play. And even if he does, I don't, I think it's limited. Yeah, I'll take the over there. All right. Uh, I don't I don't love it, but I'm going to do it. You locking it I, in? Yep, locking it in. Lock it up. Lock it up. Last one, DK Metcalf. Uh, could have gone with Lockett after a 200-yard game last week, but uh, – DK Metcalf's just more fun to have player prop at with. So let's go with 78 receiving yards with DK Metcalf. You better believe it. Smashing the over. It's easy. Oh, I also am taking the over. There's no way he has two bank games. Oh my gosh. Freaking just, over, 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 over for Mr. Justin Trees. I took the over on everything. Oh, wow. So the two differences. Special. Two differences here. You took the under on Carlos Hyde, which honestly I'd feel better if I was you than me on that one. Uh, Jimmy G, 287 passing yards. Uh, thanks for the free win. Appreciate it there. And which means you're not going to catch up any any on me this week. So I'll keep that minimum two-game wow. lead. Make it, make it lucky on the Hyde thing and go up three games. So, all right. That does it for us. Bingo, bango, in your words. Um, 
episode 154 in the books. Uh, we're halfway through the season, so next week we'll be doing our mid-season awards that we like to do. Uh, we did it last year, and it was a lot of fun. We'll do it again this this year. Uh, we may have a guest or two next week. I don't know. Maybe a little bit of a teaser there, so enjoy that. Chew on it. Yeah, it might be a little something-something. You might know. A little something. You might not. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So, um, all right. That does it. We appreciate each and every one of you listening. And tonight we've been talking football.